Welcome back, Inebriate. This is Andy, as always. Um, and we're closing in on episode 300, like, uh, really quick. I never thought seven years ago that we would be doing 300 of these, but who knows? It just kind of happens. Um, so today I am joined by uh, what I thought was just an illustrator, but apparently she's a writer and, and uh, worked in comics. Um, Angie Shearstone, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much, Andy. I'm glad, uh, glad to be here. So uh, I stumbled across you on a Facebook group uh, where I have friends who, who post there, the New England Heart. Well, I'm going to screw up the name, the New England Heart Writers Group or something, something along those lines. That's exactly uh, it. New England Horror Writers. And uh, at the time, I thought you were just an illustrator, but you, you were just telling me that you, you do some writing and, and other things. It, why why is it, because I'm kind of the same way, where creators kind of like to dabble in a bunch of different things? Gotcha. Th- that's a really good question, and I've kind of always sort of been that way. Uh, you know, like when I first started really enjoying like getting into art, you know, and I mean, this is like 10 or 12 that I'm taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. I really liked drawing pictures that went along with the stories I was reading, you know? Uh, and so I, you know, I, I don't know if everybody's exactly like that, but that, that was the thing is like, I like to read a lot. And so I really liked, uh, you know, to illustrate those things. And that sort of grew to, enjoying telling stories with pictures or combinations you know fast forward you know some years later you know late 80s early 90s i'm starting to read a lot of comic books uh and Uh, with a uh, chromium glow-in-the-dark variant comics or (laughs) not so much mostly mostly very much dc vertigo uh i was very much into the the horror type stuff uh i'm extremely thrilled that sandman came out this week you know i haven't even started watching that yet i'm kind of excited i i've seen one episode um and it's because i i'm watching it with a friend who's local, we, mm-hmm. we do a watch party where we call each other, but she's in Hawaii and she's a, she's a beekeeper and her business is new and just been very booming the past week. Oh, so like, nice. We haven't been able to coordinate. And uh, so the, the local friend were like, okay, well, we'll watch one episode without her and let her catch up. Yeah. And then, so ne- the rest is when can we next connect? But, um, but you know, uh, very much got into, uh, like I said, the the DC Vertigo, the the, the sort of weirder stuff. No, you know, I I have there's there's a lot of great you know stories told with superheroes, but it never quite appealed to me as much. I was uh, I always find it interesting that people don't think of kind of the macabre and horror as a comic book thing, but it was one of the very early one. Like it was one of the earliest things that comics were about. You know, a- absolutely, absolutely. You know that that comics is just another storytelling medium. You don't assume all movies are action or all books are thrillers, you know? Right. There's this tendency, in some large part, because the superhero genre sort of thrives in that. It's very well known, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, And, you know, one of the things that sort of happened in that late 80s, early 90s is, yeah, you had uh, the Sandman come in and Neil Gaiman start to write some really remarkable things. But, it, it and this is, you know, uh, I'll touch on this or whatever. Uh, 
Painted comics was another thing that was a very strong appeal to me. You had this neat thing happen where the cost of print and paper came down a little bit, uh, and so you could you could print comics or, or graphic novels, trade paperbacks, you know, yep. something on a higher quality paper that could take more ink. So it didn't have to be the flat, bright colors. So that really lent itself to the horror. Look, a horror look, uh, sure. you know, the, the the work of like Bill Sienkiewicz, you know, and, and I mean, Stray Toasters or Electricist, yeah, um, and, you know. The one I'm thinking of is, um, I can think of the comic, I'm trying to think of his, his name, uh, Ben Templesmith. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so that look and, and, you know, watercolor was sort of like my big thing and you know around that late 80s early 90s i'm uh doing my undergrad work in in illustration and so it really kind of happened at just the right time for me uh you know so it developed my interest in like hey i like painting pictures and, and telling stories and now it's more as being done with a style that really appeals to me so that that's part of why you know I I, I sort of do both you know mm-hmm. then fast forward many years later I started to separate it a little bit I haven't worked in comics in a while uh uh but I I don't know I've always loved stories of the short version and it took me a while to, to you know just decide to start uh, writing them just as prose yeah uh, so I don't know what. So I've always struggled with watercolor because, I mean, it's no secret to anybody knows me. I'm a little bit of a control freak and watercolor. There's something about you just kind of have to kind of go with how it's going. Like, I feel like there's less control. So that that's that is a perception. Okay. And that is a perception that I had when I was in college working as an undergrad, you know, and I was, there was something that I was working on for an assignment and we were in class and I was sort of letting the water sort of be all loosey goosey, you know, and, and we're painting on, we're not on watercolor paper. We're on uh Bainbridge 80, you know, illustration board, yep. which has got a really nice fine tooth and can really take a, you know, a, a bit of beating. And, you know, I'll just never forget, I'll never forget the day that the teacher's like, all right, okay, hang on a second. We're, we're going to let this dry. I'm going to be back in about 20 minutes and, and we're going to look at some other techniques. And, you know, and, and that's when I sort of started to, you know, you can control watercolor very, very, very carefully, you know, and we're working with like a tiny, like Winter Newton Series 7 sable brush that was... You know, they're still like, you know, 20 or $30. Back then, that was like, you know, oh my gosh, this is the most expensive brush I've ever had. Right, and, right. Like, I don't know, maybe 15 at the time, uh, which gets really super nice, you know, high point. And, and with patience, you know, uh, you know, you can get some color on there and a little bit of water. You don't have to make it... Uh, you know, a lot of water and a lot of just adding color and letting, you know, although that, that is a strong appeal mm-hmm. with watercolor, it is harder to learn and harder to get it to do what you want it to do. Um, especially if you're trying to be an illustrator, you know, if you're right. doing fine art or something more abstract, hey, run with it. Um, so that particular painting was a semi like photorealistic painting of a 
like strawberries. And, you know, uh, that got into the Society of Illustrators student show. That was like the, the next, you know, year or something like that. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I developed this sort of like basically photorealistic style painting like this, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Is your podcast video? Or is it just no. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I'm, 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 you know, making a little super fine gesture yeah. with my hand here with, with, uh, you know, as if the paper's like right in front of my nose. Um, so it, it's possible to do that. And, and it, it takes a long time and takes a lot of patience. Uh, and does speak to some of the strengths of watercolor because you can do some really beautiful color work and detail work that way. You know, I did eventually down the line start to explore some more advanced, like in more loose uh, and painterly watercolor techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that uh, that day, you know, that, that teacher was like, all right, hang on again. You know, uh, uh, Dennis Nolan was his name. Um, you know, that was a pivotal point in my learn, you know, making friends with watercolor, you know, yeah. and, and I, I went on to the following year, got another thing in the Society of Illustrators show and, and, and such, you know, 1991, just to, we're talking 30 years ago at this point in time, but, you know. That's uh, it's roughly the same time I, I, I was in art school, but. Um, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, it, what, from a kid, you know, you said you got serious kind of like in 11 or 12. At that point, were you like, this is what I want to do professionally? Um, I, I don't think it started to click until I was maybe in my mid-teens. Um, but it was a thing that I just loved to do. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, you know, like I, like I liked reading a lot. Uh, I think I, I skewed introvert a lot. So like spending the summer underneath the tree reading a book and with a sketch pad or something like that was kind of my thing. Um, but I was showing sort of early signs of being pretty good at it, you know, yeah. and by, by 14, 15, you know, I, I remember, Hey, j- just like, you know, the teacher I remember in college, I remember like in junior high, you know, this, this, uh, one teacher, you know, I'm running late cause I didn't clean up in time. And so she's about to hand me a hall pass so I can be late to my, and she's like, have you always been so good at this? And I, it never gelled until that moment. So, uh, probably because I did a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I started to develop the skills sooner. I may have had some natural aptitude, but, uh, but that was probably the turning point, maybe 14, 15, where teachers are like, you, you know what? You, you may want to think about doing this. Uh, I, I feel like that's kind of that standard age where, you know, something kind of clicks and, and it's one of those, you know, which comes first, chicken or the egg kind of thing. Yeah. Where was it the interest in doing it or the skill? Because, you know, I, I, I am very much, I hate the term talent because it diminishes all the work that artists put in. Um, yeah. yeah. So it is a skill and it's a teachable skill. Um, and so it, it's, it was right around that age for me. Uh, my youngest just turned 18 and they were similar in junior high. Something clicked and they always had a sketchbook. And so it, it just seems there's something about that age and whether it's, you know, I've always said like artists tend to have in 
I shouldn't say artists, creative people tend to have demons and it's either like can't tell if the creative process helps them work out their demons or causes the demons. But I feel like that, right. That, you know, um, puberty age is kind of like a really trying time. And those us creative types find solace in that like creative process at that time. I, I, I absolutely think so. I mean, I think that's, that's a component. It is a turbulent time. Teenagers, like you're starting to become the person you're going to be right. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and you have the bizarre chaos of high school of, you know, and, and I went to a high school like my my graduating class was well over 500 people, wow. you know, so very uh, I, like, I don't know, all, all sorts of different kinds of people and trying to figure out how to fit in. Where do you fit that, you know, learning to date and, and going through the bodily changes. You know, and, and for me, you know, talk about demons, uh, you know, so my, my family was a little odd. A lot of people, you know, uh, everybody, nobody has a Brady Bunch family, but right. like some of us maybe, you know, uh, one parent had a very significant mental illness that sometimes meant institutionalization. So the other parent dealt with it by the alcohol, you know. Right. Yeah, sure. So, you know, uh in addition to some of that, you know, at 14, I, I have a sister who's seven, and I'm in large part partly responsible for making sure her homework gets done, and yep. she gets fed, and she's got some clean clothes for school. So, you know, art also became, you know, a certain amount of me time, and a certain amount, you know, and I, and I, I think it, 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 it's a tool for dealing with, but also processing, processing uh, complex emotional stuff you know so mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and you know it, it's funny because like now i'm kind of like thinking back and like yeah you know it was like you know i, I grew up in you know normal middle america or suburb town you know um you know we weren't wealthy but we weren't poor and yeah. but like this my sketchbook was mine you know like there weren't restrictions there weren't obligations there were no really no rules other than what i said set and that's one of those things i think artists have to constantly try to work around is like oh there's no reason why i have to draw the full person at figure drawing i can draw the hand if i am curious about the hand or whatever and kind of just breaking out of your own type of rules but it, it was like mine you know, I could do what I wanted when I wanted. Yes. And, you know, in, in that zone of like being a young adult, adolescent, whatever, and, you know, more expectations out of you in terms of, you know, responsibilities at high school, uh, as well as, you know, extra ones of responsibilities to, to my family, you know, to do as much as I can. Uh, yeah, sort of figuring out how to carve something out for yourself. That, that really is just you, and you make up the rules of like, you know what, no, it is just the hands today. It is not the whole figure. And, uh, you know, and, and that being part of, you know, decisions you make as you're growing up, you know, in that like, hey, we've thrown math and, and science and art and music. You've had little pieces, and you know. Uh, I, I went through, you know, it was a, a, a big school, but it was suburban. It was, yep. you know, Connecticut. And, um, you know, 
there were, was a decent art program and music program and 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 you you've had all this stuff in front of you you know for so many years of your life throughout elementary school and, and junior high and, and whatnot and you're starting to make your choices of like well what is going to look good to me on the other end of that you know like like it's not just, hey, you have the whole figure. Do you want to focus on that? Hey, here's, you've had a taste of all of the things that you might do with graduation, you know, still a few years down the line, but within sight, what are you going to do with that? Well, you yeah. know, it's like, well, you know, and you're sort of developing and honing in on the things. Uh, like I said, you're developing the person you're going to be, right? And also developing, you know, uh, the things that you most like to do and and i think some of that is an accumulation of like the things you've done with your brain to that point in time but external factors some maybe some natural aptitude but like you said you, you worked hard to develop that and you know and yeah um it's it's interesting like you're kind of making me think about like artist styles now and it's like I don't ever think of myself as having a style, but I assume that like I do because people can look at something and go, Oh, that's yours. Um, it, it's for me, any style that I do have is not a conscious decision to develop your style where you consciously like, okay, I want to be this kind of artist or did it just kind of grow organically? Good question, because uh, I was very into, like, strong drawing skills. Like, you know, as much as I'm drawing, you know, the elves or the monsters that I'm reading about, uh, a lot of the things that I did was like, I, ah, it's a photograph of my favorite rock star, so I'm going to yep. sit and I'm going to draw that. So there was a lot of that. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that watercolor fast forward into, into college, it's like, I have this photograph of strawberries and I'm blowing it up like, you know, 800%, but I'm still trying to get as much realistic detail in there. So there's part of me that just loved making something that really looked like something, you know? And, and I mean, people thought that, that, that picture of the strawberries was a photograph, you know, yeah. if I had it on my wall. Um, and, you know, so some of it was just that appeal of like, wow, you're so good. Look at that. That looks like a photograph and sort of enjoying that sort of feedback. But, you know, we'll fast forward a little bit further, you know, uh, I, I, I always liked other styles of art. Uh, but I was never very good at a lot of the looser things. I was never great at like loosening up. So I, I went to grad school in 2001 to 2003 and, you know, some of the classes and, and teachers I worked with were sort of, you know, deliberately about loosening up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I took a class in Chinese brush painting where, you know, you're ink on rice paper and you don't, that's no, there's no forgiving in there at all. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. that ink is there. There's no fidgeting. I mean, yeah, you can do some sort of detail, but there's no like, oh, okay, that's the wrong color. Let me lift that up and let me, you know, like. Once it's uh, there, it's there, yeah. Yeah, I, as well as being introduced to uh, some techniques. Um, I had George Pratt as, as a, a teacher there. I, I, I went to Savannah College of Art and Design. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so my master's degree is in sequential art comic books yeah uh george pratt is one of the 
comic book painters that I, you know, and he was uh, like an artist in res residency just for a quarter there. And I was lucky enough to have him while oh, I was awesome. you know, on my, my first quarter. And, you know, him, and he's got a really beautiful painterly style. And, uh, you know, and him trying to translate that to, to some of us, you know, there's a, uh, Bert Silverman wrote this book called Breaking the Rules of Watercolor. And it's this, you know, technique of, you know, painting on plate bristol, which is like super smooth and putting like a layer of like white watercolor down first so, and then putting like working it like you would in oils. Right. So, yep. you know, uh, and then you put color on top of that and you work subtractively with water, just like you might tone a canvas and then use turpentine to pull it to pull off. Oil yeah. off. So, so you get this really, um, atmospheric aesthetic and very modeled aesthetic that that you know suddenly made sense you know uh so you know and i've always liked playing with different kinds of styles uh you know early on like i said it was that drawing skill of like making a thing that looked like a thing um and and you know I, I I tried throughout the '90s being like you know like maybe about 1993 or so like I had an idea for a comic and I'm trying to work it on on myself and I'm not not getting that loose style that I I love that I see like I said Bill Sienkiewicz or Kent Williams George Pratt Scott Hampton you know that that you know uh, and it's one of the things that I went to grad school for was like you know what maybe. Uh, you know, maybe it would do me some good to, to get some more instruction as well as, you know, oh my gosh, there's a, it's an actual comic book program. Yeah. Uh, I can, I can learn about storytelling as well and script writing and, and yeah. So, um, I actually have sort of lost track of exactly where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. That's usually Yay! how it goes. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's, uh, it's interesting. Cause, uh, I told you my, my youngest, uh, is an artist and we were talking the other day. Um, we just hung uh, a handful of their pieces at a local restaurant. Their senior project was painting on, uh, skateboards nice. and, uh, sold two right away. So they're very excited. And, you know, I was texting with them the other day and, and Zoe's like, oh, you know, I've, I'm painting on canvases right now, but I don't really like it. It's kind of boring. Um, I believe their, their, their exact quote is, it's not weird enough. Um, and so we just kind of started the conversation. And this is the stuff that I love about art is if you find it boring, make it interesting. And I'm like, well, there's no reason why you can't tear a hole in that canvas. There's no reason why you can't add spray foam to that canvas. There's no reason why you can't stitch four of those canvases together in a three-dimensional shape and go from there. And they're just like, Oh my God, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, don't like art is the one thing where it's important to learn the rules and then immediately go, okay, how do I break the rules? Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, I, I will always have a great level of appreciation for that. Like, all right, let, let's, let's learn to control this watercolor. Cause that, that gave me the skills to better build off of, right. you know? So like I said, years later, you know, breaking the rules of watercolor, uh, you know, where you're learning, Oh, well just scratch into it, scrape into it, pull some of that paper off. And I mean, you know, working on that Bainbridge 80 is a, you know, and I mean, 
computers hadn't quite turned into a thing yet. You know, yeah. you're just on the cusp of, you know, in that sort of 1990s zone uh, where, you know, you're still trying to get super clean artwork to, you know, uh, uh, the publisher or whoever, you know, who, who made, you know, take a, a high quality photograph of it or a photo stat for crying out loud. Scanners are getting there, but, you know, high quality ones are drum scanners. So, mm -hmm. you know, the stories of like, peeling carefully that top layer off of the illustration board so it could be mounted on a roller for the scanner and you're like, ah, like now i can't even imagine just a nightmare <laughs> you know like uh uh but you know the idea like like really trying to protect that surface and and you know working towards a super clean uh look because it was an illustration program. Yeah, yeah you right. might get into books and you might start doing things in comics and whatever in your own style, but somebody may be like, oh no, we need an illustration for this this thing that's got to be a bowl of fruit and, you know, it can't have smudges on it. It can't have like, you know, yep. you know like, like uh, this sort of sacred, for lack of a better term, <laughs> you know, environment where you're trying to just make a super clean image rather than something that might have cat fur in it <laughs> you know? do you do you because i mean where it's i mean that whole drink and draw movement started because artists were like oh it's such work now yeah. um when you get you know illustration work and it's something that you're not super jazzed about doing you know if it's the 500th painting of um strawberries that you're doing like how do you stay at that same engagement level as something that you're super excited about? So, so that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think I'm lucky in that there's something about the process. There, there's something about just painting that my brain loves. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm, I might get a little bit bored. Like, you know, so, like sometimes if I'm doing something like in Illustrator on the computer, you know, that if it's technical and it's another... Yeah, uh, what what have I done? That's just like, oh my gosh, uh, they they would be like, you know, like like a map of a neighborhood, development maps, sure, where yeah. separating all the lots and everything like that. And I'm like, you know, and they've got to have, you know, rather than just the really really awful sort of blueprinty line thing, you know, they need something that's color coded with all the stuff, and you know, it's just like, it's another box, it's another box, but. Um, you know, in that case, you know, one of the things that I often do with more tedious work is I, I would listen to podcasts or audiobooks uh, or sometimes just music, you know, not, you know, uh, yeah. while doing it and, and enjoy that. And that would be a thing that would sort of help me concentrate or help me not be, you know, whatever by the tediousness of it. Um, I, you know, and, and, and oddly, I remember, you know, George Pratt, you know, when I was talking to him, be like, like, how can I loosen up my style? And he'd be like, oh, well, it's easy. Just just have a glass of bourbon there while you're painting, <laughs> you know? And uh, if that works for you, awesome. I am not going to judge anybody. But I did kind of mention that there was some, uh, you know, alcohol. History, yeah. I never wanted to associate it with 
work, you know, or successful work. That was a choice that I, I felt like I had to make, you know, uh, I've never really had a capital P problem, but like definitely like in college and, you know, there were times that it was probably hitting it a little heavy and it was like keeping it separate. Um, just cause I, I, you know, there's, there's enough family history there that I could see that being not going well. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it, and it's, I mean, it is, a tale as old as time. I mean, for creative yeah. people, you know, it, it really does. There's no question that drugs and alcohol loosens you up. And, you know, some people can be like, oh, it opens, you know, portals into blah, 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 whatever. I don't care what your excuse is. It definitely shuts down that car, that part of your brain that's second guessing your impulses. Yes. The, the then, sensor, the internal. Yeah. yeah. But then the problem is you get to that point where you're banned or whatever. You're like, okay, time for rehab, everybody. And it, it's uh, literally at what cost? And that, I mean, that's, I, I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's like such a slippery slope. And yeah, it probably goes wrong more than it goes right. Right, right. right. And, and I can't say that I've never, you know, I mean, like, fast forward even further like hey i'm i'm in my early 50s now like you know and, and and i was writing the other night and i just like one of the characters really likes scotch right you know mm -hmm. and i'm like i'm like i just want a, a glass of scotch you know? <laughs> and i'm like you know what like we're not gonna make this a habit we're yeah. sort of towards the end of the day and i just you know or end of the you know productivity you know it's probably like 9 30 at night at that point in time like let's just have a little bit but not not as a creative thing but just as a you know like as, as the act of enjoying a glass of scotch yeah, yeah exactly yeah. you know so you know and i've had like you know something like that you know so so it hasn't been part of the creative process but it's been a you know it, it, it's hot i want a gin and tonic i'm not done with this painting but i'm gonna get started on the gin and tonic before i'm you know like yeah but but very rare. I, if I thought about it really hard, I've probably still done that. You know, I could probably count it on one hand, you know. Um, it, it's weird of those certain things like. Uh, I can't I would never call myself a smoker. Right. But my uh, mom got sick years ago, uh, cancer and unfortunately passed. But there was one day that we were at the emergency room and I bummed a cigarette off of my sister and it took me two and a half years to quit. <laughs> Um, oh yeah yeah I, I so i know i hear you on that yeah. and and uh, sometimes i'll like especially peaky blinders if you're familiar with that on netflix i'll watch it and i'll go oh my god i want a cigarette so bad like just when i watch that any other time i'm fine but like watching that i'm like it so, looks so, so good <laughs> yeah yeah and, and i uh i never went down that rabbit hole but i you know br briefly but bumming like but my sister was a smoker for a while. I, yeah. I believe she's quit. I mean, it's been a while since I don't nag her or anything, but like my father was a smoker. He passed from emphysema, you know, yeah. leading to a heart attack. His father, same thing. So I never got, I was never a smoker. Um, but there was a, a point where like, if I was hanging out with her, we went out to eat, you know, she like, she just loved to light up right after dinner. I'm like, yeah, let me try this. And I, I'll never forget the day where I'm like, I'm never doing this again. Like we did it and I'm like, I can really, really see the appeal to this. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> no. You know, yeah, cause like, yeah. you know, you know, and, and again, like, I, it's not that I've never 
smoked a cigarette again that i could probably count on two hands which over 50 years you know spread yeah. out over the years i never bought a pack it was never a habit it was always like yeah sure like some of it was you know when i was going to goth clubs and sure sorry yeah. really handsome guy who kind of looks like you know lestat offers me a clove cigarette you know i'm gonna say yeah <laughs> it was, it's always the clove ones man like i think regular ones taste like trash but like clove one i can do that yeah i'm down with that so but but yeah so some of it uh is is sort of recognizing where the demons might come from and controlling them uh if you can and i mean some of it you know in part because of the family and in part because of the kind of person i am i've kind of I always kept an eye on those demons, you know, yeah. or, or the potential for them, you know, uh, and I should knock on wood that I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to have been able to do that, you know, challenges on other end of spectrum, you know, I mean, like a lot of other artists, I, I've still struggled with, you know, different kinds of mental health, just mm -hmm. chronic fatigue, you know, depression, anxiety, uh, you know, what, what, well, turning off the sensor while painting, that's, that's, one of the things that, like, listening to podcasts or listening to uh, audiobooks would help do. It would shut that down. Um, you know, I, I only very recently uh, have been sort of diagnosed and treated for ADD as part mm -hmm. of all of the other stuff going on. You know, uh, super, super brief. You know, I can't have any conversation without saying this. Uh, almost six years ago, I was in a car accident and hit my head. Ooh. Yeah, hit my head really good and had, you know, a few years of post-concussion syndrome, mild TBI, severe light sensitivity, uh, severe audio sensitivity and an audio processing issue mm -hmm. that as I've finally started to come out of that and sort of got a sense for, well, what is brain going to be like now? Yeah. Trouble concentrating, trouble with this, trouble with that, and figuring out, like, how much is this the injury and how much was that? high Always there. Yeah. ADD all that all along and and that like you know listening to an audiobook while doing super hyper detailed stuff like that may have been a pretty clear sign had I maybe been of a generation where people were like you know what that's not normal <laughs> you know, <laughs> or whatever normal is nobody's yeah. you know neurotypical is yeah. whatever you know uh but but yeah. you know you, you you made that work in your favor really that's kind of the yeah, I became addicted. Well, I became addicted to the story, you know, because yeah. so rather than being like, oh, you know, my my brain's running about this thing, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not in. Maybe I'm not focusing on the painting. I'm gonna worry about something else, or I'm gonna just go get something out of the fridge, even though I'm not actually hungry. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, you know what? Not like, and and it also it was a great tool. Like, you know, listen to uh, forty five minutes or hours worth of podcast or a chapter of uh. Uh, a book, um, audio book, and then, for, you know, if I could do a playlist and then throw two or three songs in there, it reminds me to stand up, take a break, you know, go go to the bathroom or, or whatever else it might be, grab a snack, stretch my legs, but I want to hear what happens next in the audio book. So, right. like, yeah, so, like, and, and, you know, so, so to get back into the book and get that brush back in hand and, uh, you know, it, it, and I forget about this, but like, you know, two of my close friends were illustration majors with me. And so we often, and they were roommates, 
I would often go over to their on-campus apartment if we had an all-nighter because we had a deadline the next day. And, mm -hmm. and, and you know, four-person apartments, so their two other roommates were, you know, an English major and a, a you know, communications major, and, and they would read to us. You know, sometimes oh, that's cool. while we were isn't that cool? You yeah, know, sometimes be like, well, something that you know, one guy that Bill had had, had written, uh, and sometimes it would be like, you know, Samurai Cat or uh, Dave Barry or you know, I'm trying to think of something else. Would just be like, okay, you know, yeah. it's really cool, you know, and so is there a connection between what you're listening to and what you're working on. So if you're working on some sort of monster illustration, are you listening to more, you know, uh, dark music or like true crime podcasts or. So, so no, I, I've never actually done that. You know, like I've painted some, you know, beautiful landscapes where I'm like, I was listening to Stephen King, you know, <laughs> or, or whatever, or uh, paint a little body hidden in there somewhere. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, I, um, so, so no, I, 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 sometimes it's governed by, all right, this is a short project. I might be able to do this in a day. Is there a short, uh, you know, like, like novella mm -hmm. audio, like, oh, this is only five hours. I could probably get through this and, you know, or, or this is, this is going to be maybe, you know, two days of six hours each. This is 12 hours. Let me listen to that. You know, so, so there's, you know, uh, but but I you know like I will sometimes make a choice to not listen to things that are too dark if everything else is really dark. Um, not necessarily the illustration, but like the world. Like uh, you know, I, I oh, mean, so I, you haven't listened to anything dark in like four years. <laughs> I, I have slowly worked my way back into some Stephen King. Uh, there have been some things where I'm like, yeah, no, I can't listen to this now. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I have, um, oh, yeah. Bobby McFar McF McFarren, McFadden on a loop. The don't worry, be happy guy. Just don't on a loop. Worry, be happy. <laughs> well, yes, well, I, um, I love Scott. I love Scott. Yeah. I love Scott core. Uh, so I listened to like the mighty, mighty boss tones sure. and real big fish and, uh, rancid and stuff. So very upbeat, you know, types type stuff, uh, is the music I enjoy most. Um, you know, so, so yeah, it's like weird. It's always been this mixed bag, you know, that, that I listened to a lot. I, you know, I, I came into the pandemic coming off of three and a half years of relative isolation. Oh, and, right. Because yeah. like, it was very hard to like, oh, hey, we're going to go out to a restaurant. We're going to go out to a bar. Well, that audio processing thing meant like, you know, at best... Uh, I could function for a little bit and then would need to leave. Sure. Uh, more commonly, I would get a migraine, which is almost an insult to migraines to call it a migraine mm -hmm. that might last for days or weeks. Like, you know, in addition to, you know, and, and, and it was because my brain had to work a lot harder to filter out background noise and understand what was being said and just keep up with, you know, uh, and it was very, very isolating. Yeah. Um, and and not being able to work to support myself, having to live in a friend's spare room with my cats, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, literally, I, I was at a restaurant with a friend, you know, 
February 2020. And she's like, you're doing a lot better, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah. I, I can't I wait to get out in the world. Maybe we can start writing in coffee shops again. Yeah. Like, because yeah. we've done that. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Three weeks later, everything's closed. Oh. <laughs> like, uh, you know, yeah. and uh, I survived. Yeah. I made it through. But it was really Really, 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 really super hard. Like, I just got my own place, right? Yeah. You know? And I'm like, I'm going to rebuild my, my business. And I'm going to, it's kind of hard with everything closed, you know? Oh, like, I hear you. Yeah, it's. Yeah. So, and I hadn't been on anybody's radar in a while. So mm -hmm. a little less common for people. Like, like I had a couple of friends who were like, okay, we'll check in on her or whatever. But, but they started to struggle with their own depression you know and they're like because because the world like like everybody's had a really hard time yeah so so you know i'm not saying oh poor little me but it was like yeah it was, it was tough yeah it, it, it was a little extra whatever and a lot of you know some people had to everybody mm -hmm. was struggling you know and and uh it, it, it was sort of like i'd been sort of pulled out of the water rescued from drowning and i was kind of okay and probably needed to go you know needed a little help getting back on my feet and then a tidal wave came and hit everybody right yeah. <laughs> so yeah i couldn't be like hey i still need help because everybody's running from the tidal wave yeah you know? so. it's crazy times um yeah. so let's plug your book um that you it's so it's a collection of, sh of stories right it's not just oh, yours right right so so yeah. yeah so 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 that was for the uh new england uh not the new england horror writers i i was promoting it on one of their right horn uh it was for the horror writers of maine uh they come out with a periodic thing called um uh northern frights uh i've been as a writer uh First thing I ever got published was as Angie Shearstone, but now under Sydney Arcane, I've had a couple stories, but also did the illustrations for, uh, it was a women's only thing, and it, oh, it nice. was like like March of 2022, mm -hmm. uh, and it's got the the fish people, the fish women on the cover, and I, and I did the spot illustrations for the, uh, you know, it's a collection or an anthology of, of from different writers uh, with illustrations to go with most of the stories nice and uh where can people go to find your work or what else you're working on all that gotcha uh angie .com is uh probably the the a good place to start that is where my art is uh when i have other stuff going on that there is a links to other page uh blooddreams.com is the comic book project i was working on that i've turned into a novel and that has been on hiatus and I'm finally getting back to it, but the website really needs a lot of attention. Um, and I will know Angie is A N G I, no, mm -hmm. no E at the end, and then Shearstone is exactly how it sounds. A R S T O N E. Um, yeah, uh, and, and creativityandcats.com is where I try to blog. And that happens about once every six months, maybe. That's <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, a schedule. That's still a schedule. And, and, and a lot of it has been brain injury lately, uh, and a lot of it has been like the boss tones broke up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, like it's whatever I happen to sit and have had my in my brain for five weeks, and finally need to get out so I can write something else. 
Uh, I really hope to make something more consistent out of it. Um, but that, that that's where I occasionally stick my head in. Nice. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. yeah. But the, the fine art in particular and my illustration, AngieShearStone.com, that's the thing that is reasonably updated. Excellent. Well, Angie, I want to say thank you for taking the time to talk to us. This was a lot of fun. You're welcome back. Anytime you're promoting anything, please reach out and we'll get you back on the show. Fabulous, fabulous. Uh, thank you so much, Andy. It was a pleasure meeting you. I, yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that, you know, uh, you saw my little post at uh, the New England, New England Horror Writers. And uh, yeah, um, I'm going to put your podcast into my listen while painting rotation. Awesome. That's you outstanding. So, uh, you can avoid the earlier ones. Not that the guests aren't great. They're just the sound quality is not awesome. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, all right. I'm just going to work out the kinks. <laughs> But um, so speaking of that, like we are at episode 299 and the last episode I did, um, I realized it's been almost 300 episodes. Uh, we don't have like a real sign off. It's always kind of bothered me. Um, we got into podcast or I got into podcasting because um, Nerdist was one of my favorites. And at the end, it's always uh, enjoy your burrito with their sign off. On one yeah. of our other shows, we end it with this is the part where we stop talking. Um, and <laughs> since I'm interviewing creative people, I've decided that the best thing to do is to put it on you guys. So give us an ending. Give us a sign off. <laughs> give us a, a way out to end the podcast. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> a, crunch all you want. We'll make more. I don't know. Perfect. That works. <laughs> I, I don't know what sort of snack that's from, but I feel like uh, I just ripped off a commercial. But I think we'll, you did, but that's all right. All right. Fair use. That's all you want. We'll make more. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.